So I just found out that I am now internet irrelevant. I was watching a reel the other day and one of these teens was talking about how rolled up shorts are chuggy, which I had to look up. And apparently that means that you're like not cool. And when I was a teen, rolled up shorts were cool and the reverse was quote unquote chuggy. So I've fully come to the realization now that I'm not cool and I'm just accepting it. So here we are. But anyways, this is the Hacker Noon podcast. Of course, my name is Amy Tom and today I am joined with Gary Lachance. How are you doing today, Gary? good i didn't even realize that rolled up shorts existed yeah they do did you know about chuggy no then you're too old and uncool as well (laughs) but that is definitely okay so gary i wanted to have you on the podcast today because you are a vancouver-based dogecoin millionaire i'm also vancouver-based so i'm excited to chat with you Uh, unfortunately i'm not a dogecoin millionaire but you are the founder of decentralized dance party is that right yes the co-founder okay and can you tell me about your project the Do you like to hear first about the DDP or the Million Doge Disco? Oh, let's go Million Doge Disco. So the Million Doge Disco is a master plan to get the entire world partying together. And it's basically Pokemon Go plus the Harlem Shake plus Tamagotchi Virtual Pet incentivized with dogecoin okay i see i see okay i'm coming together and piecing together pieces so pokemon go in the sense that it's like an augmented reality style game right yeah and then we have harlem shake in the sense that we are doing like it's like a dance party and then tomagachi style explain that part to me so this will be the doge will be a dogeagachi virtual pet that is also an NFT and you have to dance with it every day to keep it happy and loyal and you can add costumes and feed it treats. Oh my gosh. Okay. Also we'll have a mechanism where you can receive Dogecoin into your Dogegachi and yeah, you'll be able to withdraw the balance and send it to other people that hold Dogegachis. The goal is to incentivize a giant, global dance party that will go <laughs> okay this also gives me nintendogs vibes you remember that no what's that nintendogs was a nintendo ds game back in the day and it was about taking care of your dog so you had a pet dog or multiple pet dogs and you would feed them and pet them and take them for walks but i guess with this the only interaction that they need is to be danced with is that correct yeah, it's fairly simple. And I guess I'm just realizing it's here the pet because you have to dance with it every day. So. <laughs> Does the doge own you or do you own the doge? <laughs> I feel like the doge owns me generally. But. Probably. All right, cool. And so that is set to be uh, launched tomorrow at the time of recording, which would be July 3rd, right? Yes. 
Exciting. Okay, so then tell me about the Decentraland dance party, what you have referred to as DDP. Yeah, so you may not have heard of it, but for the last 12 years in Vancouver, we've been running around with hundreds of boom boxes. Okay. Full background. So we have a FM transmitter and a backpack. The radius it broadcasts is a block or two. Yeah. So broadcast out music and voice, and then we have hundreds of these boom boxes or Bluetooth speakers. They're all tuned into our frequency. We have a starting point. We hand them out to people, and then we lead them on a ro roaming adventure through the city streets. Oh, okay. For three or four or five hours, and yeah, we've been doing it for 12 years all over the world. Oh, when does it... You never know. Let's okay. make a little shift when the pandemic showed up. Yeah. So when the okay. pandemic started, we were doing them virtually. And then we realized like on the Zoom call, you can actually have people tuned in. And Have you seen the Soundbox speakers? Let's see. These giant portable okay. speakers. It's a giant box. I believe okay. it's the loudest portable speaker in the world. So... Everyone okay. on this call, they can be out in the world, like beamed in on their phone, connected to the sound box. So you can have a thousand people on the Zoom. Each sound box can be playing music for a thousand people. So you can DJ simultaneously all over the world to a million people. Okay, where does the decentralized? Well, the initial decentralized dance party is there's no central location and okay. no central audio source. So. It's completely different from a normal show you'd go to where it's like there's a stage and there's a DJ on the stage. It's like everyone holding a boombox is a node in the network. Everyone's on the same level and everyone's like an equal performer, participant. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so tell me what the landscape is like for this in Vancouver. Do a lot of people attend this? Yeah, it started back in 2009, right at the dawn of the blockchain we started with just like 20 people on a beach and then within six months during the Olympics, it was up to like probably 20,000 people, like totally. Wow. Wild. Okay. Some of these parties have been just massive. What's like, the biggest one? I think the Olympics, it's hard to gauge because a lot of people were there because of the Olympics, but mm -hmm. there was one we did 2011. It ended up being like a blizzard. It was totally crazy in Vancouver again and they said the paper said it was like 20,000 people <laughs> showed up so <laughs> that's wow, like okay. bigger than like it stops being fun for us at that point <laughs> the good right. size is yeah. like maybe 500 people it's hard to manage okay so how did this come to be the DDP or the yeah million doge disco let's go oh, yeah, DDP <laughs> me and uh Best friend Tom, we started this thing. We call it Tom and Gary's Decentralized Dance Party. And yeah, we grew up in a small town. It was pretty wild. And then we moved to Vancouver and found things were a little boring. So we just started running around in ridiculous costumes with a boombox at night, just one boombox. And then we were out doing Wait, wait. you moved from a small town and then decided Vancouver was too boring. <laughs> I mean, we we found ways to have fun. The small town, like <laughs> okay, okay, crazy hillbilly town. So, where did you grow up? There's this place called Huntsville, Ontario. Oh, okay, all right. Eighteen thousand people. Okay, so you're from the East Coast. Yeah. 
and then you moved over to Vancouver, thought it was too boring, started a decentralized dance party. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's changed a lot. When we first moved here, it was like no fun Coover or no fun. That was like the tag. I think that's died off. Like, I think a the, little. the fun has emerged. But, yeah, but I just can't imagine that a small town in Canada would be more fun than Vancouver. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. Like, we didn't realize it growing up, but once we started going out in the world, people were like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> like, this yeah. is... Like, the parties were just completely wild. It was just, like, crazy hillbilly stuff, like, climbing trees till they snapped and just, like, <laughs> setting each yes. other up. People from just, small towns they, are actually my some of my favorite people because I think that they're more interesting. And they also have more interesting slang, which I appreciate. <laughs> I think it's unique because you're, like, surrounded by nature and you're, like, in here you're surrounded by billboards and, like, more corporate influence and there's not really spaces like every space is like you're not allowed in the parks after dark yeah yeah. definitely so how did you get into dogecoin then so it was summer 2011 someone posted on our facebook and they're like decentralized parties are cool but have you seen decentralized currency and so what's this because i was always like huge believer in open source everything and the power of this technology to liberate humanity and then I clicked on it and it was the early first video animated video I was like wow this is finally there's the missing piece of the open source puzzle like the financial system can now be built and I was way too busy and way too broke with financing the DDP back then to acquire any but like I should definitely follow this and then yeah those showed up in 2013 by that time I was always already like fully obsessed with Bitcoin but then this is like the fun silly version and they were like sending the mm-hmm. Jamaican bobsled team to the Olympics and doing all this wacky stuff so we were like oh yeah this is like perfect synergy so we right. did Okay, because I was going to say, why Dogecoin, though? Because obviously Dogecoin has, like, the meme aspect of it, which, like, seems to very much fit within your brand. But I so I was going to say, like, why Dogecoin? But you're also an investor in Bitcoin-related things, too. A little bit. I never put a bit of money in back in the day, but I was always, like, early days of the DDP, it was, like, all credit cards maxed out, overdraft, like, just scraping by Okay. I want to understand too, like, I think that with cryptocurrency, at least for me, there's like a bit of a hump to get into it. Like, I'm a little nervous about doing a first investment or like getting into the market. Tell me about how you started doing that. Yeah, like way back then, it was ridiculous. Like, I don't know if there were even any mobile wallets. It was like paper wallets back then. So my cousin knew about it. I think he was the person that first helped me figure it out. Okay. Yeah, that's how this whole Doge thing happened too, is there was an early, there was no iPhone Doge wallet, so I had to print out a paper wallet and keep it on there. And I was like, I need to be a Dogeillionaire. I need to die a billionaire. So it was like... Okay, so then how did you do it? Um, you just got in at the right time, you think? Back then it was like 300 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 
<laughs> not that much. And I didn't have any money, but I was like, I need to buy this. And I need to hold on to it. Yeah. And then, yeah, when the price was, when the price started going, it went up, it went way up in 2017. It hit two cents and it was worth like 20,000. But I was like, no, oh, we're going to keep holding on here. And then this year it went obviously <laughs> like hundred X again. Yeah. This thing, it came close to a million dollars Canadian a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. But by this time we already had this idea to create the million doge disco. Yeah. And I was like, like when I first suggested it, I was like, I got this paper wallet. It would be the perfect like gimmick to finance this whole thing. It was worth like 30,000 then. And then it like, <laughs> went a hundred X and they're like, do you still want to do this? And I was like, oh yeah, this just makes it way better. Yeah. Way okay. Okay. What's your educational background? in? I was never a huge fan of uh, centralized educational. <laughs> okay. I think we did a lot of our best learning at recess. Yeah. No joke. Wow. Okay. So I just want to wrap my mind around this whole concept. Like you've just become so successful with Dogecoin and like building this brand and the DDP. How did you learn how to do this? How did you get this experience and this knowledge? Yeah, I heard Roger Veer explained it really well. It's like in order to understand Bitcoin in the early days, like you needed a background in unconventional economics. Uh-huh. to know like how the money supply works and how insane it is that they can just press a button and print trillions of dollars with no one's consent. And also you have to know how open source software works to realize why Bitcoin is revolutionary. There's not a company or a CEO. This is like a protocol that's going to completely invert the world and power structures and so I had this knowledge just from doing my own research on these things. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the thing. This is going to wow. be. Wow, you're blowing my mind because I think a lot of people have knowledge on this kind of thing. Not to say that you're not like knowledgeable, but I like a lot of people have knowledge on this kind of thing. What do you think your key to success was? I don't know. It's been weird. Like I've. Like I had to piece this all together and figure it all out myself, like this whole decentralization zeitgeist phenomenon and everything. And mm -hmm. I wrote about it and showed it to tons of people and they didn't seem to care, but there seems to be like a lot of pessimism, like even like Andreas Antonopoulos, all these early people, they're like, when I first saw Bitcoin, I thought it would fail. And when I mm -hmm. first saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. This is the future. It's open source. They'll find a way. So. Yeah. Just being optimistic about new technologies and just like being able to analyze like systems and see where things are headed in the future. It seems pretty obvious. I never thought the price was going to go like that. So yeah. or obviously. <laughs> so let's talk about the million doge disco and the tech behind that are you were you involved with developing the game at all yeah so the way it happened was we were trying to find a platform to create these nft peace bonds which is an idea we've had since 2014 
instead of war bonds that governments used to sell to wage a war, it's peace bonds mm -hmm. to wage peace, which is us creating this global party movement to unify everyone. And I was looking for a platform to build that on in early 2021. And then my friend Thomas, who's co-founder of the Million Doge Disco, he connected me to this company he knew called Block V. And they've basically just been quietly building this amazing, super powerful, robust NFT platform for the last four years. So most NFTs is just like an image on a website, but they've been applying that to these interactive digital, they call them Batoms. And so it's just like, instead of Pokemon Go, where it's just like a digital representation, these are like literal scarce digital goods that can be dropped all over the map. And then as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, we can finally build our Pokemon Go party game thing. And I was, yeah. can you put Doge in these dancing Doges that you'll drop everywhere? And the main CEO lead guy, Lucas says, yes, we can. Every crazy question we ask, they're like, yes, we can. <laughs> crazy Swiss engineers like, just build anything, so. Okay. Yeah, they were hyped, like they've just donated the development time to build this thing because they think it's an awesome showcase for this idea. So it's just a bunch of crazy people coming together to unify and build this thing. Mm -hmm. I think people see that and feel it and it's been a lot of momentum this week. My main question out. about the million dollar Doge just coin is why what is your motivation behind creating it the entire thing yeah yeah like starting out with the ddp we were just like this is gonna be awesome this will be a cool party but then we realized pretty quick that like just the interactions we've seen between people are like mind-blowing like nothing like this has ever really existed it's like a roaming party with all these nodes in the street with all these mm -hmm. like, only positive intentions behind it there's no profit-seeking intentions. It's just like bringing people together and setting them free. Help me wrap my mind around this, like the non-profit-seeking aspect of this. I don't understand why. <laughs> for me, just for like good dance party. Yeah, for me, as I, mean, I don't really like to use the word artist, but for me, it's all about like the creation and the essence of that is the integrity behind it so for me it wasn't ever about like how can we make a profit doing this it's how can we keep it going as this magical beautiful thing that doesn't have any ulterior motives behind it yeah and it's That's... hard like a normal festival or a nightclub like they have to pay the rent they have to do all this stuff We're in this zone where with a little bit of money we can keep it going and a lot of dedication and yeah the further we went the more we toured it like we've done tours across Canada the states and Europe and everywhere we go it's just these amazing like loving connections between people like I've never seen like total yeah. strangers like instantly unified and I've done some reading too about the history of partying there's a cool book by Barbara Ehrenreich where she talks about it's uh, Dancing in the Streets, a History of Collective Joy. 
apparently when the colonialists were traveling around the world, like everywhere they went, they'd encounter these ancient civilizations and they were all like, they had these giant ecstatic party rituals where the whole community would come out and sing and dance and this would bind the community. And so there were these amazing traditions that have been lost and subverted the way society is, Western society is set up. And yeah, I think it's something that's completely lacking and missing from our culture. And yeah. when we started to reintroduce that in this weird, <laughs> un- <laughs> unlikely way, we we're like, wow, like this is, the world needs this and it's important to keep it going. Yeah. I think it also has to do maybe with the power of music too and bringing people together that way. That's very yeah. powerful as well. Yeah, it's amazing. I've been working on a DDP field manual book that goes deep into all this stuff. It's like 85 pages of capital P party philosophy. That's another big thing <laughs> with these parties too is uh, like doing them in the street. You're not allowed. You can't be drinking or drugs or any of that. So mm-hmm. we wrote this party manifesto and we said the objective of the DDP is to naturally liberate people from their inhibitions. So if you have the right combination of costumes, props, music, atmosphere, and everything, then you can create an experience that's awesome enough that people won't even think twice about dropping whatever social conditioning they've had and just let the inner child take over and party together. And I think, yeah, it's the most powerful way to unify people that I've ever seen. Yeah. How many parties have you thrown now? Officially, we've done about 100 full-scale DDPs, which is like a huge operation. It's like 100 Mm -hmm. boomboxes, plus all the batteries, preparing them, and all the logistics of that. Yeah. In how many countries? There's been 100 parties, but mostly Canada, US, a bunch of different European countries. We did one. Have you attended them all? The ones we've led, but there's been a bunch of autonomous party nodes that sprung up around the world, so like... Australia, down in the States. I can't even remember. There's been a bunch all over the world, but the really cool thing about this technology is we've been realizing like it starts with a simple dojigachi, but the next level, like this is gonna be showing up. This is something I'm definitely envisioning is once you get augmented reality glasses going, which I think mm-hmm. they're gonna come out in the next year, nice ones and The new iPhones all have a LiDAR scanner, which is built for AR. Like, you'll be able to drop, like, digital objects, millions of them everywhere in the world. And even yourself, like, you can, if you scan yourself with the LiDAR, Mm -hmm. create, like, a model of yourself. And you can wear, like, the haptic suit. And you could put a million of you, like, dancing or doing whatever (laughs) all over the world that anyone can opt into. So, yeah. That's what we're ultimately trying to build is... The cool. Dogeverse, Metaverse, Partyverse, that's good time universe lair <laughs> up of the world. Okay, so let's talk about the funding behind this project then. Is it funded by you and Block V? They've been doing all the development side of things, which mm-hmm. I don't even know what that's worth. Probably worth a million dollars itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just work with big corporate clients. But yeah, I'm doing the 
a paper wallet with a million doge so that contributes the coins mm -hmm. and just a small team so some other doge has paid for that over yeah. these few months to get it off the ground and then we'll be figuring out exactly how to monetize things without compromising any of the values of the magic and mm -hmm. we're hoping there's tons of people in the doge community that have done well this year and once they see what we're doing, they'll want to donate. And that's the idea too, is to have anyone give anyone the ability to like make it rain doge anywhere in the world and just give to each other. And are you familiar with do only good every day? D-O-G-E? Yes. Yeah. So we're very inspired by that. And it doesn't just have to be a party. It could be like beach cleanups or any kind of doing only good action. So it's a way to instantly reward people around the world for doing something awesome. Yeah. And yeah, we're just, we're not trying to over-engineer it at this point. Just creating yeah. a simple, fun thing, seeing where okay. it Is DDP your full-time job? It hasn't really <laughs> turned a profit over the years. I've had many other side hustles and things to keep things. What do you do? Well, lately, there's been enough with crypto to pay the rent and keep things online but okay i live a pretty simple lifestyle <laughs> some people have been generous with donations over the last few years that has helped out yeah yeah i did some other stuff ran an airbnb used to fix and sell bicycles and but yeah it's crazy like in the early days i was so broke but you just have to like like all i did all I drank was water, so you cut out all the other stuff you drink. You're saving hundreds of dollars. I never <laughs> owned a car, so I was just using like zip cars or whatever. Uh -huh. I'd make all my food at home, so you save a ton yeah. of money not going out to restaurants. And yeah, always had roommates to save money, so even yeah. in a very expensive city, I was able to like. Yeah, Vancouver is expensive to live in. On the DDP. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's always ways if you get creative and cut out. And like, I don't buy real clothing. <laughs> it's just costumes like, <laughs> or whatever. Okay, so is this how you dress on a daily basis? I don't always wear the tiger pads to bed, but <laughs> I was trying to do something funny and amusing. Okay, Have you seen cool. the jammy packs yet? No, let's see. So this, my friend created this company called Jammy Pack. So it's a fanny pack with a Bluetooth speaker in it. <laughs> Ten years ago, and this is essential. So the speaker is just in the front there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, anytime I leave the house, I try to have that sharing music into the world. What kind of music do you listen to? Electronic. Yeah. Oh, it goes the full range of everything. What, yeah. what kind of music is at these dance parties? So the parties, we try and just play the most fun, infectious, uplifting, silly music that's still yeah. good. So like pop, electronic, EDM stuff? Yeah, like I'm not even... <laughs> I've just always called everything techno if it's electronic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Yeah, we were always way into the 90s dance music, like La Bouche and all those things. So that was the primary inspiration, but yeah, I have uh, my dear friend Jacques, I call him my unofficial son. He got inspired by the DDP and started throwing his own parties with sound boxes all over the world. He's always hunting out new stuff on Spotify and sending it to me, but if we play, we'll go like crazy intense, like high energy party music to like Celine Dion to like funny like film scores. There's have you seen the that Michael Jackson song? Mama say mama sao mamakusa. Yeah. Looped for ten hours straight. Just oh gosh. Put that on. <laughs> wow, okay. That's yeah, oh, interesting this is doing exciting. virtual parties. Like it's a whole art unto itself. Yeah. You're like you got a microphone and you're playing the music and you're like spotlighting people on Zoom, like crafting this like visual mm-hmm. party journey. My friend yeah. had a good word for it. He called it human jockeying instead of disc jockeying. Because you're like yeah. <laughs> plugging in dancers live and like it's pretty neat. So what advice would you have to someone who is looking to get their side project off the ground? Off the ground. I saw a Steve Jobs interview the other day that my girlfriend sent to me, who's also a crazy entrepreneur working many hours a day and he said yeah you have to love it you have to have passion for it because it's going to be hard and it's going to be horrible most of the Mm -hmm. time probably so it's just believing in what you're doing and being focused and committed and yeah for me i've never really wanted to have kids i've just wanted to be focused on creating and adventuring yeah just never giving up never give up because <laughs> there's been so many challenges and so many like crazy things to deal with but mm-hmm. yeah that's good advice in and you are you nervous about the sway that elon musk has over doge yeah, i mean it centralizes things in a sense Mm-hmm. Like he could, if he disavowed the Doge, which I don't think he will, the price would crash. But yeah, with Doge, like the community is just so strong and so devoted. That it doesn't matter. Like Doge is still here after seven years, made it through. You don't think that if he, yeah, what if he says that, yeah, what if he disavows it? What if he says that it's not liable or it's not a, a good investment anymore or I have no idea or says something like you remember how he did the SNL skit and then like it tanked a little bit because people were like what the fuck <laughs> does that make you nervous about the like business platform that you've built or I've been a believer in the doge since we first met in 2013 <laughs> going to find a way no matter what and yeah i think okay my assessment of elon is he's like as obsessed as i am with doge so yeah and once you're hooked like you don't walk away from the doge <laughs> okay let's talk about the doge community a little bit then tell me what it's like because i'm not like i don't think i'm very that familiar with the doge community <laughs> i'm still getting familiarized we had our own weird doge ddp niche 
I guess there's seven years of history, but yeah, like we, we put up a sign up form on our website where it's like, would you like to help out? Just tell us how it's like this big, long Google form. We've had over 200 people signed up. Yeah. I just love it. I want to help out. And like the whole spectrum of backgrounds, like people all over the world, like Kazakhstan, it's like anesthesiologists and all these like <laughs> It's just like everyone from every walk of life that for some just reason just resonates with doing only good and having fun and being silly and like a positive, uplifting community. So it's definitely cool. just fun, authentic people that want to spread positive vibes. And that's Party. <laughs> so that plus open source technology is it's a done deal, I think. Yeah. I've been talking with the devs a lot recently. We're actually hopefully going to be establishing, reestablishing a Dogecoin foundation pretty soon. Yeah. And when I was talking to them, I'm not like a expert programmer or anything. I was like, couldn't we just, can you just take any of the best aspects of any other crypto project and plug them into Doge? And they were like, yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like Doge is the most beloved meme of all time. If it's yeah. not already, it will soon be the strongest brand in the world. So that's a bold statement. <laughs> I don't know about that. Here. The strongest brand in the world. I think I'm in my own weird bubble. I think like religions <laughs> are stronger brands. Yeah. I mean, like Coca-Cola is a strong brand, but no one like will organize a festival for it or like volunteers hours to help like this is this organic self-perpetuating ecosystem of people that are fired up so the diehard fans and they're i think they're mostly pretty clever so they yeah. can build stuff and they figure out how to network and organize i have a question what do you think is the demographic of doge supporters Seems to be the whole spectrum. It doesn't matter politics yeah. or left, young, or if you're really old, you're probably not up on crypto Just things. In general, yeah. Kids okay. love. It. We've given out like thousands and thousands of Doge stickers. Everyone I give them to just resonates. Yeah, you can see like rappers, basketball players, like all these celebrities. <laughs> like it's actually yeah. cool. It's like this silly thing that'll appeal to little kids. But then you got rappers just being like, yeah, Doge. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Like, this is why it's the most powerful. And it makes like doing good being like, it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Do good stuff. It is a feel good. It's a feel good. Yeah, cool. Okay. Good. So, what is up next for you for a million Doge Disco for the DDP? What's coming up? So we got our giant global activation launch live stream tomorrow where we'll be dropping the first 1,111 doges with coins in them all over the world to the people that have signed up. Cool. And then, yeah, we're working towards really giant global activation on World Peace Day, September 21st. Unify as many people as possible. And between now and then, yeah, we're just going to be upgrading, evolving the game, figuring out how to plug in all these people that want to volunteer and be a part of it. And it's basically building an army of light 
to wage peace and do good stuff and have the best Amazing. time ever. <laughs> All right. This episode probably won't be released before tomorrow, which is July 3rd. So where can we find you and your th- stuff online? So dogedisco.com or at dogedisco on every social media. We were lucky to snag it. Gary Lachance and DDP is T-H-E-D-D-P.com. If you Google it, you'll find it pretty easy. Perfect. I will put all of those links in the show notes. Gary, thank you very much for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, I need to show you the the Doge Disco salute. Yes, let's see it. It's just figured out a couple weeks ago by some team members. So, left hand. Fingers pointed up towards the moon. Okay. Hand hugging the earth and then bring it in. Okay. Took me a while. And then, yeah, you got it. And then you have your back thumb is the tail to wag. Oh, wow. Okay, I see. Or you can just do a simple paw cross. The Dogecoin salute. All right. Let me about the paw cross. There it is. Oh, the paw cross, yes. The Doge. <laughs> the Doge paw One cross. Painful moment crossed her paws and the world was never the same. The world. <laughs> the doge it's all about the doge there you have it everybody there's there's one more one more Mm -hmm. to mention is not everyone has realized it yet but doge spelled backwards is e-god or ego d ego death and that's what this is really all about partying the doge having fun it's all about the dissolution of the ego that is how we unify the world Whoa. So I believe. Mic so. drop. That was very Eckhart Tolle of you. To <laughs> <laughs> get Eckhart out to one of these parties. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you get Eckhart out, let hit me up. Let me know. I'll I'll also attend. <laughs> you have his MySpace. Does MySpace? No, I don't. Yeah. Maybe I should get on that. Yeah, if you figure out a way to reach him. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. And the Dogecoin salute. <laughs> All right. If you like this episode of the Hacker Noon Podcast, you can like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate it. This episode was hosted by me, Amy Tom. It was produced by Hacker Noon and edited by our lovely audio wizard, Alex. Thank you very much, and we will see you again next time. Stay weird, and I'll see you on the internet. Bye-bye. <laughs>